This, this is the relevant podcast. It's Friday, November 12th, 2021, and it's the relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, she is back. Uh, author, podcaster, extraordinaire, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. Hey. And uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, sitting in for our very own Derek Miner, is, uh, he, who is out today, uh, is relevant senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, man. Howdy, everybody. Well, it is November. We are in the throes of mid-November. It is November 12th. You guys, you guys working on holiday stuff? Now, we have, at the end of the show today, we have our editorial question of the week where we ask our listeners, you know, what they think about holiday timing and when Christmas should enter the equation and all that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. We're in the throes mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So we'll bring your feedback later in the show. But uh, where are you guys at in your holiday prep? You guys working on it? Oh, I, guys, this is look, look. I feel like I'm not. I'm not declaring. I know we still have to take reasonable precautions with the pandemic, but it's different than it was last year. Okay, mm. like we were still. Everyone was very nervous about how everything was shaking out. This year seems like a lot of that tension, whether that's right or wrong, is to the side now. Like everyone's kind of like, this is an OG Thanksgiving. This is old school. We're going all out like we used to. Now with supply chain stuff, where a lot of people see. Um, you know, challenges. I see opportunity. I've been hmm. waiting for us to rethink the whole hol- the whole Thanksgiving food element for a long time because I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say something that a lot of people have been thinking. Most Thanksgiving, a lot of Thanksgiving dinners are pretty gross because you're what? eating a bird that you never eat any other time of year. Turkey's no good. Okay, I Listen, turkey sandwiches only all eat- the time. I literally I eat turkey have, ground ground turkey and chili all the time. Oven roasted yeah, turkey sandwiches is my go to. Uh, You're talking uh, about hmm. the bird, like the okay, big, no, no, okay. Uh, t- right? Time out, time out, because you both just proved my point. Jamie says I'll eat it if it's ground up and basically <laughs> irrecognizable. Cameron's like, yeah, I will eat it if it's you know made Thinly and packaged in, in, by a deli slicer <laughs> yeah. and, and and seasoned by the professionals at Borsted. All flavor. What are you talking? Well, let about? me ask you this. Oh well, hold sure. on. Well, let me ask you this. Cameron, are, are you eating deli meat sandwiches at Thanksgiving? Jamie, are you going to the grill and doing turkey burgers? No. Everyone right. eats a big, dry, gross bird that they only make once a year because no one really likes it. And the other thing, too, is all the sides are runny and gross. And oh, unless we bring... Uh, no, no, no. Nah, unless we bring... Me. I was with you on the turkey thing, but but I'm no, off the train. Hold on. I'm going to seed, I'm gonna seed <laughs> the, the mic in one train, second. As it were. I'm going to see the mic in one second. But unless we make compartmentalized plates that children right. use acceptable for adults, it's just a big soupy runny mess on everybody's plate and it's disgusting. It, let's just call it what it is. This is our year to reinvent it. Let's reclaim it with food they actually want. Okay, Jesse, I see. I, I can see your faces. I'm wondering if your issue with the Thanksgiving meal is not with the traditional Thanksgiving meal, but more with the way your mother prepares it. I've eaten, Ooh. Cameron, I've eaten, I've eaten Thanksgiving in numerous families' homes. And it's the same issues. No compartmented plates, runny, droopy messes. Well, I got, okay, cranberry juice and mashed potato and gravy do not mix well with corns and meats. Okay. It's just, it's not a this great is, thing. Okay. I also have another question for you though. Are you the person when you sit down at a plate of food that you eat item by item, you eat all of your corn, then you eat your Depends. meat, then you eat your mashed potatoes? 
It depends. Well, it depends if there's a random gelatinous fruit on the plate beside beside gravy that came from uh, uh, meat. Okay. Okay. I'm the opposite, Jesse, because I am the person that eats one thing at a time. But I think okay. Thanksgiving food. Now, I don't eat fruit unless it's like a fruit, like an apple. I don't want cranberry yeah. sauce. I don't want fruit in my salad. What about the ambrosia salad, where it's, it's all that. the fruit with the marshmallows in it? No, nope. I it want green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, and gravy, and then corn casserole and turkey and cornbread. And with Thanksgiving, mm. if that stuff gets Blood all corn. mixed up, it's even better. It's good. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. These are complimentary <laughs> items. They're yeah, very these- complimentary. <laughs> That's great. Okay, they're not complimentary. Okay, the other like one year, my son was like, "I don't, I don't want to eat this. I don't even know what it is." And he's like, "What do you not know what it is?" He's like, "Stuffing." And I looked at him like, "You know what? I, I've eaten it my whole life, out of obligation, and I don't even, I don't even." If you had to say, "Hey, name five ingredients of stuffing," I'd be like, "Something's kind of crouton." Don't talk to him about where the stuffing has been. Yeah, or the dressing though. I mean, like in the whole point of it is that you take bread junk and you stick it in the innards of the turkey mm, to absorb so the delicious juices. and yeah. you're questioning why i want to rethink this whole meal okay <laughs> this is an opportunity we're all we all are just you know powering through a gross meal okay? so what are you making for thanksgiving enchiladas steaks i don't know i don't know oh. i dude I, i'll tell you yeah, this so i had you a little can't, you don't even have a you're pointing at a problem and not a solution yeah solution oriented podcast yeah okay all right, <laughs> let, let me let me give you a little let me give you a little story from a couple weeks ago okay we had a big a big like cul-de-sac deal before trick-or-treating and all the houses in the f- neighborhood brought out like foods for the picnic tables and and so that you can make plates right you know kind okay. of a big little outdoor thing it's called um, a potluck and, yeah a lot of potluck. A lot of people you can tell put a lot of time into a lot of these hors d'oeuvres and 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 sides and you know crock and, and stews and chilies. You know fancy pastries, stuff with meats and stuff. All that mm-hmm. you know, a lot of time went into it. My household brought bagel bites. Okay, pizza, <laughs> mini pizza bagels. Okay, and taquitos. We bought frozen taquitos Come and on. mini pizza bagels that I cooked in the oven right beforehand. Okay, Jesse, I, I promise are you. Tell us. Do you have a Costco you membership? Li- do you listen, have a Costco yes, membership? Of course, yeah. of okay. course I do. Go to the frozen food section at Costco. They have literal like hors d'oeuvre things that you could that are like little pigs in a blanket. L- or right, whatever. L- l- listen, oh, hold on. Here's the thing. I, I, I swear this is true. You know, the first two plates that were completely empty, the taquitos <laughs> and the pizza bagels. Okay. All right. So all I'm saying is Thanksgiving's up for disruption. People say they like this food, but if, but I just did a test, a literal scientifically, uh, you know, unassailable test with mm. a real, with a real cross section of people and everyone chose something fun and, and guilty pleasure. Jamie, you look, you're looking at me with a, with a sense of disgust right now. <laughs> no. No, I think that like kids love that stuff. So if you brought it to a Halloween party, I think it was perfect. These were adults, Jamie. Oh, the adults. Kids, so you think like I'm, adults deep in their observing. hearts really love it? <laughs> deep in their hearts. If I brought out to you right now something weird homemade that I that you've never seen before, right? Mm-hmm. Or a reliable pizza bagel. Okay, we're recording <laughs> this at lunchtime. You're telling me you go for the weird meat pastry? <laughs> Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I'm gonna try everything. So I'm gonna try the weird meat pastry. I'm gonna fall back on the bagel bite. You know, it's it's like a good fallback. See, Jane, that's Jamie though. She's a bridge builder. She just wants everybody to be happy. I will enjoy all of the things you all brought and mm-hmm. tell you that it was all wonderful. That's Jamie. She brings I us think all together. My hunch is, if you're at a Thanksgiving table and you've got all the traditional, you got the turkey, the sweet potatoes, the the you know what have you across the rolls, and then you have a bowl of pre cooked 
pizza bagels there as well. <laughs> I don't think they're flying up. I think Not those at are getting cold. I, no, I think those are getting cold at okay. the end of the unless you got a lot of kids. It, and kids, nobody kids wants a stiff would, cold pizza bagel. That's kids no good. Would, yeah. would maybe wait it a little bit. I get that. Okay, yeah. I'm going to challenge a listener right now. Okay, right <laughs> to now. Serve bagel bites to, to a listener who is uh, do an experiment for because I don't trust anyone on this call right now. I don't trust <laughs> any of you with conducting this biases. experiment in your home. Okay, unless we have a surveillance camera. I can. You're probably whispering to your guests. Hey, hey, listen. Those pizza bagels just you know they're, they're not good this year <laughs> because that's the first thing they're going to go. I want a listener to do this for me because these people can't be trusted. Listener, because listeners are like, dude. Yes, he's right. Pizza bagels are fantastic. Here's what I want you to do. Someone who's hosting Thanksgiving with the whole spread, just set out one plate of pizza bagels. The kind you buy, the cheaper, the better. Nothing fancy. I'm talking with the cubed. I'm talking it's a tiny yeah. bagel, shredded yeah. cheese with the cubed spiced meat on the top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shredded right. cheese. That's really the question. Yeah. 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 It's, irre- it it's not matter. real meat either. Right. <laughs> right. It's cheese with like a KCH or right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they find a way yeah. around with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's craft cheddar, you know, whatever. But either way, here's for the experiment. I want them to put out alongside all of the other stuff on the table, mm-hmm. one plate of pizza bagels. And I want them to honestly tweet at us at Relevant Podcasts the results of this experiment. I guarantee you it is one of the top three things first off the board. Wow. Okay? Wow. Top three. Bold, top bold three. statement. That's bold very claim. bold. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Even if you aren't into Jesse's culinary theories, uh, <laughs> coming up later, one of our favorite actors, Mr. Tony Hale, is is with us today. Uh, he's in a movie you might have seen advertised, uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. He plays the bad guy in the film Aww. that comes out today. For the bad red dog. Um, so Tony Hale joins us. Also, uh, we have, like I said, your feedback at the end. But before we get to relevant news, I actually have a big announcement. I want to. I wanted to let everybody know about um, this week. Uh, went up at the relevant store. Uh, we mentioned this a couple. I don't know, like last month or something like that. that was some of the big things we have in the, in motion this fall. And this week in the relevant store, we put it up for presale. Relevance annual print edition that we've been working on for months and months is finally available for presale. It'll release next month. But if you order it now with presale, you get 20% off. So go check it out. You can click on the store link over at relevantmagazine.com and it's right there. It is all of our best long form content. It's huge. It's like 250 pages. It's thick. It'll look beautiful on your coffee table. It is a very like beautiful, beautiful, like, Thing to have in your home, like a like you know, like like a like a coffee table book. That was, I was not, I wasn't sure when we started talking about this what exactly it was going to look like because you know we've been working with the bi monthly print edition for right. the entirety of my time at Relevant, and then when I started seeing the mockups the design team put together, it, you wouldn't even, uh, you know. The writing aside, the writing is fine, but the <laughs> but the but the design is really really gorgeous. It's, it's really a beautiful. Gorgeous. Pre- the, our design team outdid themselves on this one. I can't wait to have it. Yeah, it's 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 something special. We've been working on it all year long, honestly. So it's like we're going to do this. This is collection one. We're going to do this every year at the end of the year. It'll be the best long form content from the year. It's most of the features uh, from the magazine. Some of them didn't make the cut. Um, not not for quality reasons, but you know, just like they're not evergreen you know what i mean so this is like long form content that'll be great all year long uh check it out also while you're at the store 
you might notice there's a whole lot of new stuff, a whole lot of new apparel and merch and other things. Uh, there's some new podcast uh, fan stuff. Go check it out. Just in time for the holiday buying season. Uh, go check it out at the store over at RollingMags.com. We're very excited. And you guys are the first ones to know about it. We haven't even started marketing it yet. So you podcast listeners can jump in early. Tyler, I couldn't help but notice in the table of contents that my 7,000 word piece that I slaved over about pizza bagels uh, did not appear to make the cut, even though the timing of this being available during the holidays, arguably the highest time for pizza bagel consumption. So, you know, Wait, I support the, the product. the highest time for pizza bagel consumption? Because Wouldn't that be like, if, you, if, you'd read, if you'd read the piece, you'd know. Yeah, oh, yeah Cameron. Uh, it, it's on the back burner. I, I, get, I get to that point about 3,500 words in with a really <laughs> stirring pull quote uh, from someone who explains that pizza bagels are great if you're happy and they're uh-huh. great if you're sad. And a lot of people experience those emotions at the holidays. Now, they're comfort food or they're celebratory. They're a beautiful creation. And... Uh, See, Tyler, here's, the pro- you- here's the problem with the shopping at Costco, and this is specifically about pizza bagels, is uh, if you buy a pizza bagel box at the grocery store, the little tray of pizza bagel is going to have 12 little bagel bites in there, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. if you buy it at Costco, the pre-wrapped tray is Costco scale and there's like yeah. 48 and you have no option other than to cook 48 bagel bites yeah. or no zero peep. bagel bites. And they're in my freezer yeah. right now. And when are you hey. ever in the mood for 48 bagel bites? Thanksgiving bagel bites. day, I guess. Listen, when I, when I, if I ever get to the point where I build my own like home, like yeah. on HGTV, you yeah. know, and I have the uh-huh. property brothers do their thing uh-huh. and they're like, all right, well, this is a cool little feature. A lot of people are doing pizza ovens in the backyard. I'm like, no, uh-huh. no, no, I don't want a pizza oven. Yeah. I don't want a brick oven in the backyard. I want an industrial oven that is capable of cooking hundreds of p- p- bagel, <laughs> pizza bagel bites in the quantities that I purchased them in. Property you brothers, want a pizza figure bagel that oven. out. <laughs> exactly. I don't want, I don't want a brick a pizza oven i just want a pizza bagel oven it's very different just a large cheap oven all it has to do is get about 400 degrees for 20 minutes and we're fine that's the only setting yeah have you had the other i have been looking at for christmas purposes at these like flash pizza oven things i mean it's all the rage right now right and they get up to like 900 degrees Uh here's what i don't understand is 900 degrees you put the pizza in there and the whole pizza is cooked in a minute a minute and a half but yeah. at 400 degrees, I've got to cook my pizza for 20 sense. minutes. I don't understand. Like, why? How does it cook in a minute? I've yeah. seen so, my friend has one and it does. I can testify. I and it's it. amazing. I don't get it. Why, why, why are we even cooking at 400 when at 900 it can just do the job almost instantly? That's what you I'm know? saying. Instantly. Like, where are like, these frozen pizzas t- make me take the, the whole evening? Follow the money. Big oven. Big pizza. Big, big no, oven understands that the more you run that thing, the more, you know, you're going to have to buy mm-hmm. it. If everything was being flash cooked, you know, you wouldn't run that oven as much. That's the only, it's the only thing that makes sense here. So you're saying that the frozen pizza industry is in cahoots with the electrical grid, the, the electrical companies trying to get us to have to burn our ovens longer and use more, consume more energy. I mean, I'm not fossil I don't fuel industry is <laughs> in the only God, has mansion in his pocket Supply and chain. the pizza industry in their pocket. 
Yeah. You, we just had all the world's most powerful people fly out to Switzerland and whatever for this big conference. Uh-huh. And guess what topic was notably not being discussed? <laughs> Flash cooking pizzas. When we know what they're capable of. Okay. Wake up, sheeple. We've seen it at work. We've seen it at, okay. It's, it's like, remember that documentary years ago, Who Killed the Electric Car? Yeah. Who killed the flash pizza oven? Why is it just coming around now? Fuel, the fossil fuel We've understood industry. the principles of temperature and cheese for a long time. Generations. Uh, that's true. It shouldn't take meanwhile, me. Meanwhile, somebody, somebody in the Costco, you know, uh, they're trying to, you know, Trojan horse this new. That's why they sell them in such great quantities. Maybe people will just wake up and just buy specific ovens, not wasting all of this convection. You oh know, enriching oh the some Saudi prince. The, the backyard brick pizza oven is part of this, and that like big like big fossil fuel is trying Ooh. to make it this artisanal backyard pizza cooking experience. But it's just another way to keep us in the thrall of the fossil fuel industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the only. It's at this point, Tyler. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, and here's the other thing. I'm glad we're talking about this because it's going to bring this for a slice. And I almost didn't. Did you guys? Did you guys see? Okay, just this is just tangentially related to pizza, and I oh, feel like if we're doing the tangent, pizza talk, let's tangentially related. Yeah, like our be, entire be, podcast is tangentially. Okay, go ahead. I mean, this. I feel like we've just gone to a pizza episode, so let's just lean in at this point. But okay, the, Papa John, the guy who yeah. was, you know, oh, the you know kicked, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. The guy was rightfully removed for his company for saying and doing a lot of terrible, outrageous things. Okay. Like we don't need to litigate that, but he keeps trying to make these comebacks, but I think he is so, (laughs) you know, he cashed out like half a billion dollars in Papa John's stock, which it is shocking to me. Papa John's is worth anywhere close to $500 million, (laughs) but whatever. I'm not going to question the math either way. He's become so detached from reality that he's trying to position himself as just like a normal philanthropic rich guy. Okay. And to to show how relatable he is, he just said that last year he's tasted. He didn't say eaten, which is very strange because it makes me think he's just chewing up slices of pizza and spitting them out just for the pleasure of it. Like a psychopath. Like a wine wine tasting. He's got a spittoon for his pizza taste. Yeah, he's just mowing down pieces of pizza and spitting them in a bucket like like a crazy man. He said he's tasted like 800 pizzas in the yeah. last year. Think yeah. about that. Think that's about a lot the, of pizza. That's a yeah. lot of pizza. Mm-hmm. No, it's specifically Papa John's pizzas. Like he's keeping tabs on them to see if the quality is he's g- gone down. Papa John is ordering hundreds of pizzas a month from Papa John's tasting them and spitting them out and keeping some sort of ledger about <laughs> about what their taste was. Just is this behavior but he's not involved in the company at all. No, anymore? he got kicked no. out. And so he's trying oh to like God. keep an eye on him. He's never so he can back. say like he wants to be able to prove that the quality of ingredients has gone down since he's left. And oh, that no. yeah. the, the so irony is sales have been way up since he left. Way um up. Yeah. Well, because yeah. you're not buying a racist pizza anymore. So you're yeah. fine oh. ordering your, your Papa John's. <laughs> But, but the issue that like he orders, he ordered, he said 800, he's eaten yeah. 800 pizzas in the last year. Uh, well, 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 and, and I have a theory. He I have a theory a that he's eating these pizzas. He okay. He I think he's solely sustaining himself on pizza. I don't think he's actually tasting and spitting them out. I think the only reason he said taste it is because a little while, like, you know, a few months ago, he said he ate 40 pizzas in 30 days and everyone was like, 
what kind of psycho are you? So now I think he tacked back on eating to taste it. It doesn't make it any better. It, in fact, right. it makes it far more disturbing. This yeah. is worse. Yeah. We'll move this show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Relevant News. I'm walking through a dream. I'm walking through the finest place I've ever seen. You're listening to False. The song is Wake Me Up. Well, today's show is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that offers dishes for every variety of lifestyle. Keto, paleo, plant-powered, or those who simply want a little more balance. The recipes are easy to follow along with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. Everything is hand-picked and delivered right to your door. Green Chef meals make cooking so much easier because everything is prepped and ready for you before you even get in the kitchen. I'm a customer, and I love it. I'm, I rave about Green Chef. Also, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, who used to sponsor the podcast, same company, to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from. You can easily switch between the brands when you want to mix it up or eat a little differently one month. And right now, Green Chef is offering relevant podcast listeners an awesome opportunity. You can go to greenchef.us and use code R-A-D-H-I-125 to get $125 off plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.us and use code, write this down, R-A-D-H-I-125 to get $125 off plus free shipping on your first box. It's awesome. You will love it. I promise. Okay, it is time for... Relevant News. What do we do with Relevant News? Tyler's already on the show. Mm. Well, please welcome to the show Relevance <laughs> Associate Editor uh, from East Texas, downtown Emily Brown. How's it going, Emily? It's going pretty good. Uh, so you're back from the the big rally in Dallas that you've been at for the last <laughs> month, right? Or the last few weeks? Where JFK yeah, Jr. Yeah. coming back? <laughs> yeah, I was really hopeful. You know, me and my friends, we all went. And <laughs> That's not true. Just, for those <laughs> of you listening on the internet, that is not true. That was a joke. But we have was been, a joke. We have been teasing her that this rally, I don't know if y'all have heard this Q rally where they all thought JFK and JFK Jr. were going to reappear. The 103-year-old JFK and the 60-something your old JFK Jr. were going to reappear. Okay, listen, we thought it was a one-day blip. It's st- There are people still there waiting. And so we've yeah, been joking with, with uh, Emily that she's there on the ground. But anyway. Even though I live three hours away from it. Hey. I do. I just need that to be on record somewhere. <laughs> okay. I was not at this rally. That's Hey, people were wondering where Jamie was last couple episodes. <laughs> Yeah, that's I was yeah. in Dallas last week. Yeah, Emily, Jamie. <laughs> oh, what were you doing, Jamie? I'm explaining to do. Oh, interesting. Emily's still there. Jamie gave up. <laughs> Jamie, just out of curiosity, what? What? Just clear, clear your name right now. What were you doing in Dallas? I was down at the street with a bunch of friends, just hanging out, just waiting for something <laughs> to happen. <laughs> and then I had to come home. <laughs> she was hanging out at the city park. That, yeah, I don't know. A little, Doesn't matter. A grassy park. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway, all right. What's going on, Emily? 
Um, well, I'm excited to talk about some very interesting news about a musical artist, oh, not no. Taylor Swift, despite oh, okay, me trying to push that. She but, literally uh, all week, as y'all know, Red is getting re-released today, heard the new version, and Emily all week has been trying to get us to cover it heavily because she's I'm such a Taylor yes. Swift. And I keep getting unanimously outvoted, so <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. I'll just cry about it later. Um no, we are talking about a different artist, which is Travis Scott, who has oh. been in the news recently um, yeah. for just very sad reasons. Yeah. Uh, over last Friday, uh, he had a festival for Astro World, which is um, it was based in Houston, which is where he's from. Um, and things just very quickly got out of hand, and there were. Um, it's still kind of coming out what how exactly everything happened, but um, at least eight people have died. Um, and there's been, I think, about a dozen that were hospitalized. Um, some are still in a coma. Like, there's, I think, one or two are in a coma. Some mm. just, you know, will have injuries that will take a long time to heal from. Um, so it's just been a really... It's caused a lot of controversy because, you know, we've we've all been to concerts. We all see how, you know, people can get kind of hyped up and get crazy, but, um, and this is more like crowd surge, right? Like when he came on, like the crowd pressed forward and then crushed and trampled some people. Yeah. Under that surge. People were like stepping on top of each other and not helping people up. There's, um, just a lot of really sad videos and photos of the event. And it is just crazy to see. Um, and then it, it came out, Travis didn't do anything during the concert. And there's speculation on, did he even know what was going on? And some people are arguing, you know, how could he not see it? Some people are saying there's 50,000 people or more at this concert. How could, you know, there's just a lot that's going on. Um, I mean, I, but, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, I mean, obviously there's footage of him performing and then people like bodies are being like, like pushed yeah. out, like over to the, you know, to get out and like, um, people are pushing the bodies over their head. I've been at, I mean, we go to a lot of blues every year and I've been in the photo pit, which is that area between the stage and the barricade up front. And, you know, there are kids there all day long waiting for whatever show, you know, later in the day, they're dehydrated, they're pressed up front. And throughout the performances, there are people that security is pulling out because they're, you know, they're in, you know, um, they need medical attention, whether they're dehydrated or they're hurt or something like that. So bodies are always getting kind of brought over the barricade during these big shows. That's par for the course. I mean, that's just, uh, honestly, I'm not saying that it's, it's not good uncommon. or bad. It's yeah. not uncommon. And so the people saying, well, he could see that people were getting medical attention or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, but he didn't know that they were dying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's kind of a, a clarification people need to understand about these big concerts, you know? But, but the, the, the other thing is Travis Scott has been arrested and charged for inciting crowd right. violence in the past. Right. And, right. And, and, and that, uh, you know, that's documented, right? Right. Like he's literally been arrested for endangering minors at concerts because of his behavior. Well, early on, as he was coming up as an artist, that's how he made his name is that his shows were crazy over the top raucous. Yeah. He's on record saying he wanted it like a WWF wrestling atmosphere in the crowd. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I'm not, you know, obviously courts will likely be deciding, you know, who's at fault here, but like. You know, there is a a lot of disturbing context to this story. Yeah. I was reading some of the some uh, people's words who were there and the way they were describing how tightly they were squished together that they could hardly even get a breath in and out of their lungs because they were so close together. It was so disturbing to read and made me 
super anxious. Like I just am like that. I cannot even imagine what it was like to be in that crowd in that position. Oh, and it can be. I think anybody who's been uh, like to one of these really big popular shows before, I, I know that with Jesse, you and I, and Cameron have been to Lala, have definitely like experienced like. I think I remember even saying to you one time, Jesse, if something happened here, we would not be able to get out. Yeah. I think that was at the Chance the Rapper show yeah. a few years ago in Chicago there. Um, so it's so it's bad. And I think there should be stuff. There should be something that should be done about that. Like security should pay attention to this sort of thing. But I think singling this one event out because of that by itself right. is a little bit maybe naive about that. There Now there are other factors. Definitely there are other red flags that it sounds like Travis Scott and his team either ignored or, or missed that definitely should, there should be some accountability there. Yeah. And I think that the accountability has also brought up a lot of conversations because people want to blame something for this. They kind of want to make a reason like, why did this happen um, at this concert? And one of the things that has come up is there's been a lot of essentially satanic panic um, and people saying that this was like Travis performing um, like a satanic blood ritual or things like that. And truthfully, there's just not a ton of information or there's not a ton of facts to back that up. And so people well, are who's saying that, like uh, unpack that a little bit. There's been like TikToks about it. People trying to point out things that like, well, he did this and he said this. And if you look really closely, you can see he like set, makes this sign and they're just kind of making Mm. They're kind of taking a tragedy and trying to say like this happened because of something supernatural. Mm. There were TikToks with over like a million views talking yeah. of like trying to draw wow. a line between like fire elements on stage kind of or reading, you know, kind of like these QAnon conspiracies will do where they. So if you take this and turn it upside down, it looks kind of like a symbol from the temple of Satan or something. And then you can spin that into a, a broader conspiracy theory around Travis Scott was supposed to do this as part of a ritual or something. And it's become what? Wait, so I've there's seen a lot of so it. the conspiracy yeah. people are saying that Travis Scott summoned demonic things and that these deaths are part of a ritual like oh my goodness at least that it was deliberate you know and it's this wow. isn't super well a well thought out conspiracy but satan was trending in the wake of it and has oh, continued gosh. to as the theory has picked up a little more steam and sort of dovetailed in with some QAnon stuff Sa well you know satan's so hot right now no. little nas x little nas x this he's, he's having a moment satan's having a moment Jeez. i was gonna say a, a lot of it seems to have to do with some of the imagery that the astro world creative team you know seems to pretty intentionally have incorporated into you know, some of the, the show and the merch, you know, I don't think they're, they were thinking that this will literally cause people to think that we are Satanist, you know, but, uh, you know, you see with, a, I mean, look, th this was a big thing in like heavy metal a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Most of those bands probably don't know any of the tenets of Satanism, but would gladly, you know, sort of appropriate some of the imagery just to be provocative. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there's a little well, bit of a risk. We did that with all the, the new merch in the relevant store. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you, like turn I, it sideways and close one eye, then you see it. Down yeah. cross yeah. Yeah. If you uh, like I, Satan, you'll love the new merch. This and, is a joke. This is a joke. <laughs> I really, I really thought it was a bold move to do the new relevant pentagram collection. Yeah. Um, I bought the idea. Now Tyler was trying to sell me the relevant podcast Ouija board, which right. is just supposed to spit out funny one-liners. Um, but it got weird when I started playing around with it. The relevant podcast Ouija board is oddly like the little the little apparatus that you move around is. A little pizza bagel in the yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's an actual pizza bagel. It's opaque. It's like yeah, it's edible. Just, <laughs> you it's right in the middle of it, so you can yeah. see the yeah. so you can kind of see. Well, yeah. I'm getting tired from all this uh, summoning. Um, <laughs> I don't I feel like the game's gonna be over, but uh, man, I have got a hankering, and all that's left is a bunch of dry turkey from Thanksgiving. So oh, I'm gonna get a pizza bagel. I, I gotta flash cook this bad boy. <laughs> I do think as, as I was, as I was, we were recovering some of this, uh, some of this, these satanic conspiracy theories that have stemmed out of the Travis Scott thing over at the, over on relevantmagazine.com. And there've been a few instances over the past maybe year or so where something like this has come up where something very, very tragic has happened. Um, either, you know, an attack or something violent and it's extremely sad, but that's not quite enough for for people like Emily alluded to, there needs to be a meaning or there needs to be like a, a super villain behind it all. It, mm. it can't just be something that is uh, very tragic, but very normal there. There has to be part of some broader conspiratorial secret knowledge, uh, a cabal or a cult. And you saw this kind of with Jeffrey Epstein stuff or, or other, uh, Wait, do you, like go, you say Epstein? You don't say Epstein? I forget. Is it Epstein? I thought I it was written so much, and I forget I how it actually yeah. is. It Epstein. Yes, I think you're thinking of the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no conspiracy with the Berenstein, Berenstein Bears. There's or There's a, you can it. draw a direct line between Jeffrey Epstein and the Berenstein Bears. It's a terrible thing. I'll, I'll roll it back. <laughs> you see this with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, and how uh, you know what he did was very was was extremely horrible, but. Ma- but blowing this up into some broader QAnon conspiracy seems like a real disservice to the actual victims of what happened to the real human toll of what Mm -hmm. happened. And you may want to make this part of your, your fantasy cosplay situation, Mm. but that doesn't do anything to bring actual justice Mm. or spread actual mercy to the people who are affected by this tragedy. And, And I think that that's just a really unfortunate byproduct of the conspiratorial waves that we see coming out of internet subcultures. Well, and not only that, I mean, it. there's also a risk of like, you know, actual conspiracies. So, you know, not theories, but actual people conspiring to do something or to hide something, being able to, you know, kind of point to crazy conspiracy theories to be like, see, how could how this is just craziness like that. The, sure. You know, That's the other danger, yeah. too, because in the you know, I, I don't it doesn't seem likely to me that anyone the astro world people were, you know, consulting with a, a, mm-hmm. a witch coven or something, you know, for their stage design. Right. To open up some sort of supernatural portal. That seems absurd to me. But it actually seems actually pretty likely that Jeffrey Epstein was conspiring with powerful people to be able to conceal some of his crimes. I mean, he was yeah, likely a, a, yeah. an 
informant. And so that's well documented. Yeah. But but when you when you add all this craziness to it, it discredits actual, con, you know, actual it, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, and I was going to say, you guys don't cover uh, the key of country very often are relevant, but I did not experience anything like this at the old George Strait concert I just went to. So <laughs> I think that was a safe place to be. Well, I hate George to tell you, Strait. but he is cooking something you don't even want to know. And it has to do with the pizza flash cooking oven that he's hot. <laughs> yeah. I bet George Strait's has lawyers one. reached out and said, we have to kill. I had a big story coming out on George Strait. <laughs> and we had to, he had powerful people visit my home in the night in Listen. black robes. The last person that crossed George Strait showed up dead, choked on a pizza bagel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know, Cameron. I know. <laughs> Crazy but true. Uh, but, Emily, they, you know, there's ongoing litigation. Obviously, there's a class action lawsuits yeah. and a lot of lawsuits happening and stuff. I'll be interested to see what happens. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with the, the families of the victims. And I'll be interested to see if this actually changes kind of these mass concerts from a safety standpoint. I mean, again, we've been in those crowds that, Mm -hmm. you know, it is suffocating. And and the closer you get to the stage, the more horrible it is, frankly. And so maybe this will actually just start to change kind of like how we manage and approach these massive, massive uh, live events. So, man, it's tragic situation, but hopefully some good will ultimately come from it. But Okay. Well, there's a lot more that we're covering all day, every day. Follow Relevant on all the socials and uh, check out relevantmagazine.com in your daily internet browsing. Uh, thanks, Emily. Thanks, guys. Bye. You can get back to the rally now. Good. The people are asking for me. <laughs> He's here. All right. He's stay here. tuned. I'm next. <laughs> Emily, get over here. <laughs> Tony Hale joins us. <laughs> to Munya, the song is Voyage. Well, today's show is brought to you by UHSM. Are you tired of rising costs of healthcare? We are too, which is why we're glad that there's UHSM. Unite Health Share Ministries. UHSM is a Christian health sharing ministry that will put your health first. Health sharing is not insurance. Uh, their programs at UHSM are member-based fellowships where faithful people can take charge of their own health care. Please call them today at 1-800-900-8476 or visit their website at uhsm.org to find out more. Again, that's 800-900-8476 or visit their website at uhsm.org. Well, our guest today is Tony Hale. He's an award-winning actor who's played so many hilarious and great roles like Buster Bluth in Arrested Development, uh, also Gary Walsh in Veep. His new project is Clifford the Big Red Dog, a huge family film that comes out today. Uh, We sat down with Tony to discuss his interest in fostering empathy with his work and why he's trying out some new roles and what it's like to finally appear in some movies that his kids can watch. Here's our conversation with Tony Hale. Uncle Casey, can it just stay for one night? One night. Really? How big is he gonna get? That depends on how much you love him. Ah! Clifford, how did this happen? Ah! 
We shot this movie two years ago, and you know, just obviously because of the craziness, it's coming out now. But honestly, I think it's it's perfect timing because not to get cheesy, but the message of the movie. There's a scene where、um, Emily Elizabeth is holding Clifford as a baby, and it's her love that kind of makes Clifford grow.、Uh-huh, yeah, and I feel like things are pretty divisive right now. And, <laughs> A lot of breaking people down, social media, a lot of judgment. It's like we gotta cross over those lines and start accepting each other's differences and loving each other. And I think that's where change is going to growth is going to happen. So it's I think it's kind of really in addition to being a really fun action comedy family movie, it's got a really powerful message. I think. So you obviously get a lot of opportunities, and I'm curious how much does the idea that I really want this. Movie to mean something or say something. How much does that enter into the process of which projects you decide to do?、Um, I mean, if I'm honest, I'm an actress, so I'm always just kind of grateful for a gig sometimes. But <laughs> I think you have to. I think you gotta find whether something in the story or something in the character to resonate with in order to kind of bring out some sort of authenticity.、Um, for instance, like this character, you know, I play the bad guy. He could be kind of deemed by the bad guy. But I gotta find something to resonate with him, or I'm just gonna be playing an idea of the character. And so, it's really fun for me to play evil characters, just because that equation never works out. <laughs> It never works out. You know, it's like、uh-huh. he's he's trying to fi- use Clifford for profit. He's trying to exploit him, and it's like just to watch his spiral is really, really fun. So、uh-huh. I love I love that opportunity. All over the internet. There's a ten-foot dog in Upper Manhattan. That can't be real. We are offering a twenty-five thousand dollar reward for the capture of the big red dog. People don't like things that are different. There are no other dogs like you. What's he doing? I think he's trying to be small. Is it fun to play the bad guy? Because even I would say your characters have a pretty varying degree of moral fortitude.、Um, but I don't know if I've ever seen you play like the villain before. You know, I don't know. There's something kind of、um, for instance, and actually in、um, the show I did, Mysterious Benedict Society, I played twins,、mm-hmm. and one of them is deemed kind of the the bad twin. But I think there's a I think it comes from trauma. I think it comes from <laughs> to,、sure. just pain. And so, when you, when you can kind of find those different levels, you're not necessarily just playing the villain. I think everybody is a mixed bag, and some people have had histories that have really, really messed them up. You know. It kind of seems like a lot of people look at movies as in there's the family-friendly movies that are for everybody and kids can go see them, but they're not really serious movies. And then there's the grown-up movies that are taken a little more seriously, but kids can't go see those. And I'm wondering if this project bridges that divide in any interesting ways. I I will say my daughter's 15 now, but when she、yeah. was younger, we were、um, we were just hungry for like. Something for the whole family to watch and have a good experience with it that I wouldn't just want to like you know bash my head against the wall. You know, so it's it's like and also was when and Walt Becker, the director, is smart because he brings people together like John Cleese,、mm-hmm. you know, and David Allen Greer、um, and Keenan Thompson. And, I mean, I grew up on John Cleese. Monty Python was like the thing to watch, and 
Oh, wow. And so it was, it kind of brings that adult sense of comedy in, you know, and just, and even though John Cleese isn't necessarily playing a comedic character, but just, I don't know, just like it, it, it ups the, the bar a little bit. So I appreciate that. In addition to being kind of a, um, eye candy. I mean, watching these special effects come to life with a large oh, sure. red dog walking through the city of New York, that's just kind of an awesome spectacle. <laughs> so I think this is the marriage of those two things where this, the family can go watch and everybody can have a good time, you know, <laughs> and not be singing the same song over and over <laughs> when you leave. What if you found someone who was so full of love? Ah, he's sleeping! Made you feel like you could do anything. Your dog just saved my life! You mentioned this very divisive season that we're in, which is obviously very hard to live through and, and I think is, is wearing on us all in a lot of ways. And I'm curious if you could sort of give a message to everybody who goes to see this movie or, or give them an idea to hold on to, uh, what would it be? Yeah, there's a scene where, which is a heartbreaking scene, where Clifford wants to make himself small in order to make things better. And I just think like, uh, just this, and not to say it again, but really that celebration of the differences and the uniqueness and, and really trying to build those bridges where if you take a step and rather than criticize, rather than judge, rather than put someone in a box or label them, but really listen and try to have empathy and try to support that is genuinely where growth, that equation is where growth happens. And again, this is everybody, the crazy thing is everybody knows that it's just activating, you know? And so, and granted, this is not an overnight thing, but you're right. When you see a visual, when you see this large red dog in New York, and you see this little girl begin to accept and embrace and, and just give space to this dog and see the change that happens. Just, I think seeing that like little things in people's life, I think that those little choices that might be different, I think that does bring change. And so I would, I would hope that would happen. Again, this isn't overnight, but little, little things I think can make a difference. That was Tony Hale. Stay tuned up next. It's the editorial question of the week. My heart it beats for you. listening to Grant Perez. The song is My Heart, It Beats For You. Great song. Well, today's show is also brought to you by The Lumo Project. Lumo is a stunning visual Bible project that will help you see the gospel in a compelling new light. Have you ever wondered if the gospel has talked about the big questions we face in life today? Things like addiction, money, depression, doubt. Well, they're all in there. With Lumo, you can experience Jesus's teachings and story in a completely new way. Check out Lumo's free scripture videos. They're beautiful. By searching the Lumo Project at YouTube, 
And for other free resources, including small group studies and more, check out thelumoproject.com. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we got, you know, it was, it was we were entering the holiday season and we got asking, we got thinking about when is it going to be Christmas time? When is it okay to hang, you know, hang the wreath and decorate the tree and start listening to Christmas music? It, it seems like, you know, there's a debate every year. And uh, we just decided to ask you guys your thoughts and you hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and also answered other places that we posted the question Here's some of your thoughts about when is it okay to start celebrating Christmas each year? Man, tons of feedback. Tons. Smokes. I, I appreciate I appreciate Rachel because she brought this to the one source that can tell us the you know the right answer, and that's the word. And she mm. says this: people already know the right answer, but don't want to demonstrate a key fruit of the spirit, self control. She's implying there that we got to wait oh. a little while, you know, to to, oh. to show. Like the Advent season is about Christian anticipation nature. and preparation. And, mm-hmm. and so it's like not about what I want when I want it. It's about intentionally waiting. That's interesting. We had a lot of people have kind of taken, I'll, I'll just use Hillary's as an example here, but, but took sort of this, listen, our world is hard enough without people policing when decorations go up. If it makes you happy and brings you joy, put them up. So a lot of fun, like a lot of people saying, fun, abolish the fun police. You're not Are you sure here. that that wasn't from Sheryl Crow? If it makes you happy. It's kind of like what Israel said. He said pre-COVID, after, post-COVID, anytime you want. Like just uh, whatever makes you happy. Just do it. Just live yeah, your just, life. The world's hard it. enough as it is. If you want to look at a shiny tree on November go 6th, it. go for it. Yeah. Yeah. But where do you stop? You know, <laughs> are you just going to use that rule for everything now? Like, yes. Yeah. Structure, abolish the it's system. Like, I don't know. If you want pizza bagels for Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> have pizza bagels no, for Thanksgiving. See, that's yeah. where it leads. Yeah. That's where it leads. Here we are, Tyler. Welcome to the new world, man. Buckle up. <laughs> Chris Lorenz said sort of the same. Whenever you like, life is too short not to spread joy. That oh. being said, he says, mine go up after. But if you want to put them up tonight, go for it. Chris, you got to pick a side, man. This both sides thing isn't good. Well, I don't know. He's kind of a the, maybe whatever he's, works. He's a Jamie Ivey approach. You know, yeah, whatever you want. Whatever you want. I, I, I'm very confused by Brendan's here. I feel like he's woven this theological web and I'm just like, and I, I can't find my way out. I, I honestly <laughs> am not sure the point he's making. I don't know the theological and spiritual implications of it. And I'm just going to read it. Tell. And what is it? I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw some, some theological red meat to you guys and let you unpack. Uh, okay. She said, he says, it's Christ mass and he has it broken up Christ. And then the word mass, a time to worship Christ and focus on what he's done slash who he is. Okay. I'll accept that okay. as Christian, but here's where it takes the first twist. Okay. <laughs> this is a twisting tweet. Okay. Turn number one says as Christians, aren't we called to do that every day? Oh, okay. It's Christmas but every day in our hearts. Okay. But then he's jerking the wheel back here. Then Christmas is a year round attitude pursuit. That being said, decorations before Thanksgiving is obviously cultural Christian appropriation. That's what, okay. What does you that guys even take mean? It. Cultural Oof. Christian appropriation. That was a roller He's saying coaster. that if you put them up before Thanksgiving, you're just you're, being culturally Christian. Is that what he's saying? But, but, but he just said that we should celebrate Christ mass every day in our hearts. So my red Starbucks cup should be year round. 
I kind of feel like this is when the Pharisees approached Jesus and said, <laughs> you know, they don't want to pay taxes. Do you pay yeah. taxes? You know, render unto Caesar. He found his way out. I have no answer for this mm. one. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got I caught in this Brendan, Pharisee's trap. I, I don't, I won't want to be mean to you, Brendan, but I bet he also gets mad when people put Xmas. You know, when people just write Xmas. So, so talk to me about that because when I was little, does that bother my, y'all? My very Christian upbringing, it was they are omitting Removing and Xing out Christ from Christmas. Right. But then if you hear, but then I've heard other theories where it's like some sort of Latin shorthand and it, it's, it's Greek. Got, it's Greek. Greek. It, X is Greek for the letter, for, for the first letter of Christ's names, right? So, the, I always Greek, just thought it was like a little shorthand, you know, like I, I don't really think by not writing out Christ, I'm removing Christ from my life. I was just like, I got to write this down real quick. Here's my Christmas list, XMAS list. And it saved me about a second and a half on writing. And that's yeah, all I was Jamie, thinking about it. You also have tattoos. So <laughs> I have a lot of tattoos. And I don't, that yeah, might Tattoo people are exempt from this conversation. <laughs> I, think it, I think it started out as a X was a shorthand for like a, like a literal Greek shorthand for Christmas. And, but now, you know, that, that was a long time ago. Biden's America, it, it could be different. <laughs> they, they, it may have changed. It I will tell now. you a funny story about it. Just, my mom doesn't okay. listen to this podcast, so she won't hear this. But um, my oh. mom, a couple of years ago, was telling my kids how bad it was to write out Xmas because oh. you're taking out the Christ. She's sure. telling them this as I'm putting presents around and some of them say Merry Xmas on the gifts to them. But but, but, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, particularly in the Greek Greek Orthodox, but I think even like Presbyterians have sort of started incorporating, but it's a symbol of a P and an X. And the reason that the X is in there is because it's representative of the first letter of Christ's names in Greek. You guys know the symbol I'm talking about, right? The Chiro. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that, that, that X as an abbreviation for Christ has been in you. I mean, I think, you know, that dates back to like Constantine or something. So, well, you know, so, and, and interesting, so that my, my new church that I'm going to, uh, we celebrate every Sunday morning by doing P90 X. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I that's mean, a big cross fit. Huh? There cross you go. Hmm? Yep. Mine mm-hmm. did that after they started incorporating pizza bagels into every service. And it was, <laughs> because it's got to burn off the calories. After did, the- I'll be, uh, we started digging in the nutritional information, especially the cheap Costco ones. And it's, it's, you know, I don't know how you can fit that many calories in, in a bagel the size of a silver dollar, but they pack them in there. They really, really do. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot more feedback where that came from, you guys. I, I think that I think I agree. The overarching consensus, definitely there was a lot of feedback on both sides, making an argument for both sides of like post-Thanksgiving uh, and pre-Thanksgiving. But I think the overarching rational mindset is, listen, if it makes you happy, celebrate when you want to. Go for it. Does anybody um, have Christmas decorations up yet? On this podcast in their home? Negative. I do I'm not. a procrastinator. You do, uh, Tyler? No, I do not. Oh, no. Usually, it's it's for me, if we're home, it's like the weekend after Thanksgiving. That's how we've... Yeah, it's a long you know, weekend. I, That's a perfect I should time say to, this. I did great. find yeah. the other day it. a little small Christmas tree still up on a bookshelf from last year. So, technically, yeah. I think I left a little Christmas tree up all year long. <laughs> yeah. Because I sell like Christmas... <laughs> Christ, all, Christ year long. all year long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, go check out that feedback. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, this is a clear extension of where this show began. Mm-hmm. And we want your thoughts on Thanksgiving food. 
the official question is, what's what's your opinion of the best food at Thanksgiving? It's your favorite Thanksgiving dish, side dish, whatever that your family does uh, that you look forward to every year. But maybe we need to modify the question to say, how would you improve Thanksgiving yes. dinner? Like, yeah. like, what, what would, would you bring? What traditional dish would you swap out for a non-traditional yeah. dish? Like, Thank you. Because we're all well aware of the smorgasbord we're going to be exposed to in a couple weeks here. Yeah. We, sweet potatoes Can't with wait. marshmallow, with weird marshmallows baked yeah. on top. It's, it's foods you've I'm never excited. seen in your life that yeah, look I'm like, excited. who came up with this? You know? Mm-hmm. But it's time to bring out the replacements. Let's Let's improve. Okay. Right. So, so you can tell us your favorite Thanksgiving food or the food that you would recommend to make the Thanksgiving meal even better. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or wherever you see us post this question. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to thank Tony Hale for joining us today. If you're in the mood for some family fare, go check out his new movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog. It opens today. Also, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the exciting news, uh, the relevant print annual edition is available for pre-sale right now. Head over to the relevant store. You can click the store link at relevantmagazine.com and you can save 20% when you pre-order it today. It'll be shipping uh, next month, I believe. But go get the discount, you know, save some money, y'all. Also, while you're at the site, make sure to check out our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can sign up for or you can just check out the uh, faith section every morning and Start your day the right way with Deeper Walk. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Wake up, sheeple. Relevant Podcast Network.